0: Hey Flight fans, my name is Dwayne Kingstra, my pronouns are he and him. This episode of Flight Risk stars...
1: This is Arp, my pronouns are he or they. I play Quagoras, a satari gunslinger, and their pronouns are they and
2: them. My name is Kikers, my pronouns are she slash her, and today I'm playing the character Tulin, the Amwati. He's Explorer, and... He has he slash him pronouns.
0: Let's buckle up. It's time for another Flight Risk episode.
1: A long, long, long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away.
0: Welcome back, everyone, to another and a very special Flight Risk episode. This season, our Group B stories are going to be following quick little glimpses into our favorite guest star's life. We're going to be checking in with Grieve. We're going to be checking in with our Quay, with everyone who has been part of our supplementary special guest stars our core four is actually having their own special adventure on the group a story which is fun it's the first time for us to have all four characters together but here tonight we are following our favorite avian gunslinger the one the only the Quagorse. which means i got to play once again with one of my favorite people matt matt how are you
1: i'm doing just fine and you Dwayne?
0: i'm excited man i have not talking to you a while, and you you are one of my favorite players so it's great to have you back man
1: that's kind of you to say.
0: Cool. Now, also, we are joined, because Quay doesn't go travel alone. Quay has their their squire, and Matt's squire tonight is played by the one and only Keekers. Keekers welcome to the show. Welcome to Flight Risk. <laughs>
2: <laughs> ah, thank you very much. Awesome. Dwayne.
0: So usually I have a player question character, but we're changing it up because this format is going to be a little different for tonight. I have a question for each of the characters. Now, in this adventure, we know that Quay left off with Aaron Windstalker flying majestically off into space on the back of a couple purgles. But time has passed and Quay now has their very own ship. And my question to Matt is, how did Quay come about the ship?
1: Well, it's a funny story. Uh, you see, Quay never intended to get this ship in particular. In fact, Quay was trying to steal a ship that was docked with this ship when things got a little bit more complicated than intended. Uh, there was just, you know, a little shuttle. And Kwe figured, a shuttle will be perfectly adequate for our uses. Uh, but unfortunately, the shuttle was docked to this large courier ship Uh, which is a Delea-class courier. And uh, the people on the courier were in need of a little bit of assistance. Uh, The people aboard the courier were being transported to a slave market, which, as we well know, is not Quez Jam. Never. Uh, So in the interests of upholding their own moral code and advancing their own goals of liberating all people who are oppressed in the galaxy, uh, which is, you know, a noble goal for one person. Quet uh, was able to, with the help of their squire, Tulin, infiltrate the crew of this ship, which is called the Fallen Marauder, and uh, take them down from the inside. That was the idea, uh, unfortunately. Quet, being as Quet is, it wasn't quite the heroic moment of defeat for them that uh, they had hoped. Instead, Quet was planning to do a big speech and after the big speech you know defeat them in single combat the captain and nobly take control of it but uh, instead they ended up standing in an airlock and Que accidentally pressed the airlock release button (laughs) and everybody got sucked out into space and only Que was wearing a rebreather so So, uh, (laughs) mission accomplished
2: I imagine that like Tulin sorry Tulin was off, like maybe helping the captives, since obviously they survived.
1: <laughs> oh, of course, Quay wouldn't want to put Tulin in that kind of danger.
0: <laughs> that is that is very perfect and perfectly Quay. Yeah, yes, that's perfect. All right, my question for Kikers is: What is a time that Tulin has either surprised or really impressed Quay?
2: Yes, so um, Tulin, as we know, at that age where he's trying to definitely be more of an adult, even though he's still, you know, like a teenager, kind of like a big hormonal doofy kid. Um, so he's done a lot of things that he's tried to impress. Tulin really succeeded at was making friends. As uh, hopefully listeners will know, Cathars are more of a feline, uh, hu- uh, sentient species. And um, there was one time when they were uh, at some, despite the hardwired uh, fear of other large predators, especially. for our uh, uh, Tulin was able to kind of become friends with a couple other Cathars and and help them out and get some information from them um, that was needed on the current mission.
1: Well done on befriending those large cats Tulin. (laughs)
2: Thanks! (laughs) That is... (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Sir Quay! I
1: was concerned that they would eat you, but instead, you ate with them. The breaking of bread can be such a bonding experience between peoples and across cultures.
2: I have, le- I have learned very much from you, Sir, Sir Quay.
0: After separating from Aaron Windstocker, Quay has been gradually making their way across the galaxy in their quest to return home to Aruin. Traveling with Tulin, the young squire from Week, the feathered gunslingers found themselves on the planet of Renon. Or, I guess, Ranon, would make more sense. The planet of Ranon, in the far reaches of the known universe. In a barter for fuel and supplies, the duo have been asked to look into an increase of missing children from the city of Tricor. Their investigation has led them to 6R Y5, known on the streets as Grey. It was a mercenary droid they have found posing as a merchant. The nomadic heroes queries had led them to the mysterious droids warehouse. So our two heroes are outside this industrial complex. It is classically heroically in evening time. The moon is out a few stars above, and there are just a few flickering lights and it is, oddly and scarily quiet like this is an industrial area, you would think there'd be some movement maybe some action even some just cleaning droids but right now it is almost deathly silent there's just the sounds of i picture in my head quay doesn't wear shoes they have clawed feet right yeah, yeah so it would be the, the clicking of the clawed feet of quay just walking as you guys are looking around this area of desolate and quietness
1: I grow concerned.
2: What is it, sir, sir?
1: Things here are quieter than I would expect.
2: You're right. It is too quiet.
1: Well, I was concerned also about using that particular phrase because it tends to be the precursor to danger. But now that you've said it, Que puts a hand down to their guns. Um, Que is dressed a little bit differently oh, sure. these days. Let's go for a uh, character still, description. Yeah, we're going to do for both of them. <laughs> still wearing the uh, the breastplate uh, that they had before, but there have been some, like, sc- there's been some scroll work added to it to make it look fancier, and there's a, a duster over it. And uh, they're uh, wearing a pair of those uh, five shooters that they had before, so they're able to wrestle up uh, a matched set, and each one has similar scroll work laid into the, uh, into the grip. So they've gotten these customized in a set and uh, yeah, they still have the one uh, eye patch and the eye patch is just black. It hasn't been made fancy or anything. They continue to have the same color plumage. Uh, it's uh, let's see what colors was it? They have the three golden eyes that you can still see visible and one's covered by a patch. They've got that green scarf, uh, black leather pantaloons and uh they're mostly orange and fuchsia feathering with some white as well in there. Cool. And then uh what is what is Tulin wearing?
2: Um well, Tulin has really definitely shed the more uh medieval clothing of week as is, is one would say. So, uh he no longer looks like a dungeons and dragons character and he looks like a Star Wars character. Um he is uh because from what i can tell about Amwati um he has blue skin and feathers for hair um and it's kind of slicked back uh um and and the feathers i would say instead of being more golden they're more of like a golden white um around his head and anywhere else where some of them kind of stick out i think especially Around his uh, wrists and such, um, but anyway, um, and now he's dressed much more uh, similarly to an uh, apprentice uh, from, like, a Jedi apprentice, um, with some of those more, uh,
0: but the the loose fitting robes they wear.
2: The. Je- no, not the illustrating robes. I guess it's kind of the more, you know, uh, not just Jedi wear, the kind of like...
0: See, when I picture, I picture like the tunic type like, thing, that type of thing they wear.
2: Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, he's wearing more of the tunic uh, with some...
1: Beige pants. <laughs> the beige, yeah, beige,
2: the gray, pants. the classic
0: Luke Skywalker starter set. <laughs>
2: Exactly. But um I would say with like a little bit more color, like he's taken on wearing a scarf mm. too in uh more aqua okay. um and he has one like pistol in like a a holster, but this pistol instead of scroll work for some reason has like okay. a paisley. Nice. Design on it. Okay, cool. Because apparently that's what he could find, and he thought it was similar <laughs> enough, though. It's, it's
0: similar, but it's it's his own style. He's you know trying to copy but be independent. He's
2: yeah. A classic
0: 12 13 year old trying to be as cool as dad or older brother, but not yeah. copy
1: exactly. Yeah. There's a galaxy of new fashions to explore.
2: Exactly. <laughs> and I, I would say that at this point he okay. does wear a hat. That is the Star Wars equivalent of the okay, stepson. Well,
0: I like it, leaning into like that Jedi cowboy vibe. I like it. All right, uh, let us let's do our roll, our first roll tonight. We're going to do a perception check, but before we do that, since we always do it on flight risk, we forgot to roll our force and destiny dice. So let's go ahead and roll that in our dice roller to see if, if we're going to be fortuitous or unfortuitous tonight.
1: That's a lot of light side points. That
0: is four light side points. The the See, yeah. the force has always loved Quay. So, there you go.
2: And I and I guess by extension Tulin yeah.
0: mm-hmm. getting that some of the that good positive energy rub off from uh, from Quay. So,
2: I'm, I'm I'm really hoping that this keeps up instead of uh, cursed <laughs> uh broken sun roll roll.
0: Well, <laughs> well we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if we get some c- c- No promises. Exactly. I always find bad rules make for the best stories. So, all right. So, so uh, we'll do um, whatever check you think would be best for your character to just, if you're just casing the joint, it could be a perception. It could be, I'd even go as far as like a street wise to know if you recognize something out of place in the city, whatever skill you think would be best for your character to just scope out, stake out this place to see, get any information that is up to you. It's going to be uh, just a two purple check. Against whatever your chosen skill is, and you do have the four light side points.
2: I think I do have a specialty in Streetwise because I went with uh, that specialization. Sure. Um, if, that,
0: if that's your strongest skill, feel free to use that
1: one. I rolled on uh, my perception check two successes, three advantages, and a triumph.
2: Okay.
1: Ooh, there you go. Which is unexpected, <laughs> but uh, it's all downhill from here.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so that's three advantages. Right,
0: cool. So combined, we got two successes, six advantages, and a triumph. Um, okay, is there anything specific you want for the triumph, Matt? I'll describe what I was going to give you for the successes, and then we can figure out the uh, advantages. So <coughs> uh, Kwe, uh they notice that even though this place is completely desolate and quiet, that the ground is way more disturbed at the farther end of this building that though there seems to be nothing really happening that area there must have been some activity because the the road is like you know impacted a little bit more there's not as much dust on the ground from vehicles going back so there was a lot of action some point earlier today maybe not even that long ago at probably the far end of this building and success wise yeah I'll say that you do you, you notice that there is a um a roll-up door down at the end, and then for a couple of those advantages, I'm going to say that whoever was in charge of that door kind of forgot to lock it. So there's a roll-up door that's unlocked down at the end by where by some packed ground that there clearly was some activity. Now, you have a triumph that you could use now,
1: or we've been pocketing triumphs and using it on opportune times as well. I guess we can hold on to it, if that's what we're able to do here? Yeah, if there's something... I'm perfectly happy to hold on to it. Yep, because, yeah, because Triumph's on a perception check, so I don't know what you really, really noticed.
0: You know? but, uh, so yes, yeah, so you notice yeah. that down at the end of the way that that
1: is, there must have been some activity there earlier. Quay holds up one of their talon fists to, you know, uh, signal to stop, and then points and says, Notice how the ground is disturbed ahead of us.
2: You're right! And um, Tulin like, crouches down and is like looking at the footprints um, and I guess trying to discern like how many people there were and how big they were by the size of their footprints.
0: Sure, you guys have a, a, quite a few advantages. I would say that the two of you guys with your skills combined, Captain Planet style, can definitely know that. These are not uh, organic footprints. These are the treads of droids and the mechanical footprints or footsteps of droids. So with that, it's kind of hard to tell how many different because droids feet are all kind of the same. It could be one droid doing a lot of walking or like six droids doing the walking once. So, But you know, at least in this area, you don't, you don't see any organic or human footprints.
1: Something mechanical then.
2: More of those droid... Servant robot people.
1: Yes. It seems almost as if the treatment of these entire class of people is problematic within this setting in a way that's rarely addressed. <laughs> Let me check the door. Craig goes and finds that the uh, door is indeed unlocked. And uh, I think they try it to see if it's loud to open it.
0: Um, no, again, you guys had a boatload of advantage Let's so say that that is a well greased door. So it just slides open very gently.
1: Uh, they'll open it up, and they'll pull something out of their uh, utility belt, which they have now. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's just a glow stick, and which is not actually a glow stick as we would know it in our world, but it's just a flashlight <laughs> uh, with a roughly triangular shape. So they pull that out and, and turn on the flashlight to get a look at what's through this door.
2: Um, Tulin... Can I say Tulin like picks up some sand, and, like throws it to see if there's any lasers?
0: <laughs> totally, yeah. I mean, Tulin is in this world where <laughs> they don't mean you know everything can be technologically magical to them, so that totally makes sense. I love that Tulin would <laughs> try to be overly prepared and do that almost like they've watched a few Hollow vids, and that's what they do in the movies.
2: <laughs> that's odd Well, I think that it was established that that's what Quay learned a lot about this technologically advanced future outside is like. So I imagine that that's what Tulin does as well. You know, yes.
1: watched a bunch Tressing of, passing on the teachings, mm-hmm.
0: teach the enforcer force videos. And then <laughs> something Skyblade and the Skyblade Chronicles. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely.
2: Um, I, oh gosh, I want to add one, sure. but I need to think about that. Okay.
0: Feel free to add it when it comes in. But yeah, we'll see Tulin throws out the little handful of loose dust and gravel and yeah, you don't see any trip laser beam or anything at the, the base of the door. So it looks all clear.
2: Now, oh, wait, I had a question. So, would Quay. This was something that I thought about before and then I didn't remember until now. Would Quay still want to be called Ser Quay? Or would we switch to, like, Captain Quay? Uh,
1: I think Quay has spent a lot of time trying to encourage Tulin to just call them Quay. Uh, I don't think that has ever succeeded. (laughs) Um, But, you know, Captain would be fine by Kwe now that they have a ship of their own.
2: Yeah, so I guess uh, sometimes they still slip up. So um, after the dust cloud has not produced anything, um, Tulin then just takes more sand and puts them in uh, his pocket. Mm Mm-hmm. I got some pocket sand for later.
1: Uh, Quez foot, um, sort of Quez Talon rather, steps down onto the inside of this door, just like at the same moment as the sand did. And Quez pauses and quickly works through what was going on there and said, ah, uh, an excellent precaution. Uh, that was a test which you have passed with flying colors.
2: Thank you so much, Captain Quay.
1: I had already determined that there were no laser trip wires, but uh, with my uh, enhanced senses, but uh, I'm glad to see that you are using uh, the tools that you can find in this area to improvise. Well done. (laughs) So do you guys start to slowly move in? Um, yeah, I mean, Quaya doesn't do a lot of things slowly, but uh, with their newfound sense of responsibility for this child <laughs> that follows them around, <laughs> they're slightly more cautious than before.
2: I imagine that, like, when they first did it, Tulin would, like, start humming, like, some of the Enforced theme <laughs> under his breath, like, uh, well... <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he's just li- but Toulouse uh, just
0: living a video game right now. He's having the time of his life. He doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: But uh he like s- like does two notes and then stops himself because he's learned like
0: <laughs> Perfect. All right, so the pair of pair of you guys kind of enter this. Uh, this kind of large cavernous uh, warehouse. There are those classic Star Wars storage containers that are just about, say there's about a half dozen of them that are in there right now. Um, Three of them are open and then three are secured and closed from where you're at. You can't tell if they're locked, but they're definitely just closed. Uh, There is some light down at the end and you can, hear the, like, gentle roaring of some sort of treaded droid kind of moving back and forth somewhere in the darkness in front of you.
1: Um, Qued hands their glow rod back to Tulin to hold so that they have a free hand to draw their second gun.
2: Okay, and Tulin, like, nods and takes it carefully, and then seeing that um, Captain Qued has drawn both their weapons. Tulin like puts their free hand on the the grip of his, just like the arm, the hand at the ready. Oh, right. Like
0: okay, so not necessarily yeah, drawn, sorry. but hand on hold. No, ready to, just in case you gotta draw. Yeah, that seems like that seems like mm-hmm. a lesson that Quay would have taught them that you only really pull your gun if you ha- you plan on shooting it. So. It's a good life lesson.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, and, you know, practice gun safety, trigger uh, discipline. Because yeah. mm-hmm. even if we're going to have guns, we're going to be safe about exactly. um, them. This, this
0: is an educational podcast. This is We like to teach these life lessons to our listeners.
2: I've learned many things <laughs> listening to this podcast.
0: All right, so as you guys kind of just creep forward into, it is definitely, you could tell that this is not a place where humanoid or any organic thing will live. There's no, like, tables or chairs for someone to sit down in. This is clearly just a place where things that don't need to sit, things that are either wheeling by or walking by that never need to rest, have been. There's no comfort items at all. This is very cold, very businesslike. And you can kind of hear... um what sounds like a muffled kind of conversation with a robotic voice kind of far away. You're still too far, I guess, to hear it, but you can definitely hear that it's, it's trying, it's communicating with someone. It doesn't matter okay. of how close you want to get to it.
1: With listening in, what kind of uh, action or skill would you use for hmm. eavesdropping?
0: Again, like, I'm super flexible. That could just be a regular perception. You could say that's a stealth check to get closer to here. That could be acrobatics to climb on top of a container to get closer to here. Um, I think that, yeah, I would say either stealth, perception, or like you said, an acrobatics to get closer. Something like that.
1: Okay. And I'll try to use uh, my perception to listen in. Sure. This is just. And see what's yeah. being said. Sure. This is just a one purple. There's really nothing else other than lights humming and then this voice kind of off in the distance a little bit. I'm not detecting movement, so I don't add a blue dye here. There we go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? Uh, let me count those up. One, two, three, five, six, seven, eight successes and a threat. Wow. So. Apparently, Sky Jedi has missed Quay quite a bit,
0: <laughs> and is walki- welcoming them back with open
1: arms.
2: Yeah, uh, that's a uh, ludicrously I mean, good role. Yeah, uh, can we start using this system? <laughs> God, could you? Obviously, we're not.
0: God, could you imagine if that was, a, if that was an attack? How much damage you would have done? Ugh.
2: You know what? That's like breaking the sun. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. pretty much. You're just standing uh, you're just standing there and they're trying to listen. Yeah, okay. So I'll think about the threat right now. But yeah, you definitely, it's kind of like in the movies where you see that zoom in on Quay's face and everything kind of goes blurry around, their eyes close, and you can just almost see the sound waves vibrating in the air and and Quay can hear a conversation.
2: The information that you've given me is faulty. There is nowhere near enough product in this area. I am wasting my time.
1: Are you questioning the information that came directly from Darth Vichyot, and I was pleasant enough to give to you? You piece of mechanical trash! Why do machines always think you're better than everyone else? There's nothing about you that cannot be unmade. Viking, this is not for you to understand. This is beyond your kin. I was hired to do a job and you are setting me up
0: to fail. There's nothing left here. I'll be leaving in the morning. And you can hear a disconnect of a hollow projector as the conversation ends. Okay. Now, if you want to um, do a check, a knowledge check, or a lore check to see if you recognize Vitiate or Vikings' name, because I don't think they came up on. Quay's, no, Quay, they did not come up on Quay's adventure when he was with us. So if you want to do a lore check, either one of you, because I could imagine Tulin just, you know, after Quay falls asleep, jumping on the hollow net and just doing like crazy,
1: you know, space Google searches. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, Quay turns to uh, Tulin and is like, Do you know the name Vikan or Vitiate? Um So
0: that would be, again, I would say. Uh, that'd be either a knowledge check of either like lore or they're not underworld, uh, lore or core worlds. I don't know if you guys have any. You guys are trained in either one of those.
1: No. What's the difficulty on that? Um. Let's see. You are out in the fringe of the universe. I would say it's a
0: three purple check. It's not the most common of knowledge way out here, I guess. Yeah.
2: Okay. I guess my. Um I missed you, Matt. I missed you, Matt. What, I you, Matt. <laughs> what happened you got a- I have no it training in
1: that. I have two green dice. Yeah. And against three purples, I still got a success on that.
0: Okay.
2: Okay, well I know <laughs> that I have three greens, so I'm gonna try. No. Remember, you can always flip. Even though you can I, flip a
0: light side point to upgrade one of your three greens, till you have one yellow and two green.
2: Um, I have succeeded. Okay. Yes.
1: yes, you don't yes. have to. Just, no,
2: no, I. Yeah, I'm just gonna do it. Okay, so that was <laughs> okay. So two failures and an advantage. That's a little bit more that's realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I would say that um, the failure is that. Tulin knows the names, but they're getting them confused with uh, some characters from a Holovid they watched like a couple months ago. So that's what's getting stuck in their head that they think they know, but they can't possibly be it because we haven't fought any space pirates lately. So why am I thinking of space pirates? But.
2: Okay. So one of them is a space pirate, and the other one is a ship. And they terrorize this planet. And one of them's really cute. And- Small and fluffy, and re- and really likes this root vegetable that I haven't seen before.
1: <laughs> I don't think any of that's correct, but you have <laughs> triggered my own memory. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, yes, Quay would know that Vitiate is a Sith Lord. He is one of the stronger Sith in this outer region. Very, very bad dude. And then uh, viking is his right-hand man, Grand Moth viking He is the one who goes out and instills Vitiate's will. So you know this droid is dealing with, you know, our uber bads for uh, Volume 2.
2: I think that 50% of Tulin's space Google time is just looking up weird, uh, or finding weird lothcat videos. <laughs> Makes sense.
0: Why not? That's, that, I mean, that's what I do with my Hollow Net time. So
2: there's a lot of it online, to the point of where Tulin is just frankly amazed at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, I mean, anyone I was thinking like Tulin would know what a, at least Darth equals bad. Well, he didn't. Well, pro- the, I guess yeah, in the, the, the yeah, well, the droid didn't you know. say
0: Darth. He just said, "Well, did I say Darth with
1: Yes, I think I might have no, said... I th- said Lord Vishia. It would be Lord... Yeah. I think it's Lord Vishia. Yeah, I said Lord Vishia. So I
2: thought I heard Darth...
1: That was me. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. So. Yep. Okay.
0: But, well, now, if they didn't know before, Tulin knows now.
2: Right, those people are the... are the ones that are always bad.
1: Yeah, this is bad news. Whatever is going on here goes all the way up to the top. That only makes it all the more vital that we discover... What's afoot?
2: Yeah, we have to save those people. Those kids.
1: We can't have them being used in whatever foul schemes vitiate and this grand moth are into.
2: Foul.
0: So I'll say the the threat that you got, even though you got all those successes, is that as you guys are listening and kind of conversing on this, uh, you can hear that there is a small uh, mouse droid that's cleaning the floor is kind of coming around the corner. You can hear it's probably a few seconds from turning the
1: corner coming right at you guys to spoil your position. Okay. Quez's first instinct is to uh, vault behind one of these storage crates mm-hmm. that we've got. Um, but Quez looks briefly to Tulan and is like, debating whether they should grab Tulin and pull them pull him with them.
2: (laughs) Tulin can't fly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Quay
1: can't fly either. Well glides with style. He glides uh, with style.
2: Yeah. Falling Mm -hmm. falling with style. I I, yeah, I figured Something like it's like the again, I'm gonna draw the Legend of Zelda parallel here because that's where my brain is at this (laughs) point. You're the paraglider and Tulin is pre-Din's Pearl.
0: There we go. So yeah, so you have a small little cleaner droid just going about its cleaner droid life, cleaning the floor, and as unbeknownst to coming towards you guys, does not know that there are
1: two heroic figures around the corner? So are you leaping out of the way, going to disable the droid? What is the action? I'm going to try to leap out of the way. quiet um, ever since Calfbot, has an aversion to uh, harming droids if it's not necessary. <laughs>
2: And I'm sure that once, um, Captain Quay had, uh, regaled Tulin with the stories of the heroic and wonderful calf bot, uh, Tulin would obviously think the same way. So I think that they, uh, he would be trying to scramble behind the containers and get it out of the way. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah, but
0: nothing to roll it. You guys are more than capable explorers and adventurers at moving back behind a container or something. You're more than capable of. You guys shift quickly, and the little mouse droid just kind of zooms, stops where your guys' uh, claws and feet were, and stops for a second, notices it's a little dirtier, and just goes back and forth over it a couple extra times to make sure it's nice and clean, and then goes back to its path. It's not really programmed to worry about things. It's just just programmed to clean. So it doesn't really care where the footprints came from. Its job was to get rid of them. Yeah. So it goes on its way. So you guys are now behind this container and you continue to hear that this droid is now giving more orders to some unseen uh, entities. We have 12 hours to depart this area. This has been a monumental
1: waste of my time. We've only been able to find a half dozen viable subjects who are shaky at best. We're not going to be paid enough for the fuel to get out here, let alone compensated for our services. We're going to proceed to our next site. So gather up the ones that we have, and we'll be moving out before daylight.
0: And you can hear some mechanical footsteps start moving about as it sounds like they're breaking down whatever little command center thingy that they have set up here. Thanks for listening to the Flight Risk Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please head over to the podcast service of your choice and leave us a review. Every review helps more people find the show. If you want to help the show out, please spread the word on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Flight Risk Pod and on Facebook. If you want to help us in a monetary fashion, you can head over to Patreon and help support the show.